Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gorton podcast. I am really, really lucky and fortunate today to have somebody who I've actually known for over a decade coming on the podcast with me today. I'm so excited to have her on because we're going to be discussing today a topic that comes up all the time, especially in the high rollers portion of our Purpose and Profit Mastermind, which is the women who are earning between $10,000 a month and $60,000 a month. And the reason that this topic comes up, and the topic is of recruitment and scaling that team, and the reason this topic comes up is because it is one of the hardest parts of your business to find the right people and put them in the right places and then manage them to be able to produce an outcome that grows your business. And so today I am bringing on Chrissy Safiotti from Hiring Advantage. She is coming on. She has, like I said, been in my world for a really long time. We actually used to work in recruitment together. And I'm so excited to have her on this podcast to blow your mind and open your mind about recruitment, recruitment in Australia and what it actually looks like to get the right people in your team. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, hi everyone. So excited to be here, Steph. I am so excited to have you here. It's so funny because it's like when I say your name, I still remember when we used to work together way back in the day. And there was a lot of Chrissies at the time that worked in our workplace that we worked at together. And I think at the time we used to call you Jimmy. Oh, I had this, I think, you know what, if we flash back to when Steph and I worked together, which was, I think we started working together around 2012 and I, I started working in recruitment in 2010. And it was real, like, I mean, see what you think, Steph, but for me, it was real Wolf of Wall Street. It was it really, was. it was really a lot happening. It was a candidate short market. It was boom time in recruitment and it was a little bit Wolf of Wall Street or Wolf of George Street. It was in Perth. So <laughs> it was good time, but I had a recruitment nickname, which was Jimmy. Long story, won't go into it. Long story it. short. But yeah, when I introduce you, sometimes my head's like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> it's so nice to have you on. Um, I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you. So for anybody who doesn't know you, hasn't come across you yet, who is Chrissy Sapiotti? Tell me all about you. Yeah, so I'm Chrissy. I'm originally from the UK. You can hear that twang, big twang. I'm from the north of England. So I've lived in Australia since 2009. I came over as a pommy backpacker and never left. And in, in terms of my career, I've always worked in recruitment and I made the decision, a big, big decision for me after a really big career in recruitment and gone into some very senior strategic roles to explore the small business world. And I did that with support of the amazing Steph Gordon last year and I launched Hire an Advantage and I now specialize in supporting women in small business to recruit for and hire and scale their dream teams. So it is my goal to get every woman in small business in Australia who wants to grow and scale a team to do just that. I love it. And it's so needed, babe, because honestly, from my business and anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time will know that I could not do the things that I do without my team. And I don't believe that you can create very much time freedom without your team. I think that there are elements that you can generate, but in order for you to really be able to have a business that grows and scales and allows your business to, allows you time off, allows you to take that break, allows you to step out of the business and really make as much money and and continue growing, you really do need that team. So what did you sell to make your very first dollar as an entrepreneur? So I had to dig really deep for this question, Steph. And as I just mentioned, you know, I'm like, I always saw myself as a corporate career person. Like I, I wanted to go into recruitment when I left university and I did a bit of backpacking first. And then that's what I did. I found myself a recruitment job and I did all facets of hiring and really loved it. And I, I guess I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur. I, I thought at some point I'd go into some sort of consulting and 
I found like I sort of mastered, I went into jobs and different elements of recruitment and mastered it. And then I was like, what next? I want to do something different and probably, you know, started to feel like my needs weren't being met. But to answer your question, (laughs) digging really deep. As a kid, I think I'm a big why. I think I ask a lot of why questions like, why are we doing this? What's the reason behind it? And that started off as a really young kid. So when I was, I think, in the equivalent of kindy, I had a very sick relative in hospital and we were singing all these songs. So in our morning assembly, we were singing all these songs and gathered around a piano. I went to like a pretty full-on Catholic primary school. And I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, like, why aren't we learning? Why are we singing songs? What's the reason for it? And the teacher was like, calm down. And then I was like, well, you know, can't we make this into like a fundraiser, into a concert? And I came up with this whole idea as to why we should raise money for the cancer wing of our local hospital and literally organize a program, organize this concert as like a six-year-old with my teacher. And I still have the program. My mom has it. She's really proud of it. We raised a shitload of money for the local hospital. And um, I think the teacher actually wanted me to get up on stage and do like a little presentation about why. And I bottled it because I was six. (laughs) I wish I had. But I guess I didn't really see myself probably, you know, I'm a new entrepreneur. I didn't really think that was where I was going to end up. I just thought I'd do something that I loved. But I always had that inquisitive mind. Mm, Yeah. And I think it's like... It's so funny because as you get into the entrepreneurial world and you look back at your life, you actually realize just how set up you've been to be an entrepreneur your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's lots of ways. I mean, I remember working with you back in the day and you always push back. Like, you know, someone was bringing in a new concept or a new idea. Like you've always rebelled against the cause and mm-hmm. and that's what that's what entrepreneurs do. We don't do it the same way that everyone else does it. We have our own way. We like our own way. We want to, you know, really charge our own paths. And yeah, I love that about you, Chrissy. I think it's one of the reasons why you've been so successful so fast. Thank you. So <laughs> for those who are listening, why is it so important to have and hire a team in a growing business? Well, I mean, you know, you you see that reel all the time, the chicken and reel, it's been going around on Instagram, I think for like two, three years now. And it's the solopreneur and she's the accountant and she's the salesperson and she's the admin person. And then she's the whatever expertise person that she is. Like who the who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's, no one. it's not sustainable. So I think people go into small business because they see a gap in the market or they're really passionate about something and they feel a calling or, and and there's that element of it. So that's that business why about what they do, what they're good at, what they're passionate about. But they also go in wanting either money freedom or they want time freedom. And then they go into it and then they just get overwhelmed with all of these layers that come onto this entrepreneurial journey. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're doing a recruitment business, you're not just doing a recruitment business, you're also marketing it. You're also doing sales, which goes hand in hand recruitment, but you're also doing the finance element. You're also doing all of the tech aspects of your business. And really, you are going to get to a point in your business, even if you're some unicorn who's a guru all of those things even if you do get some support but you will outgrow that role or you'll burn out Mm. so you it's that real limit in growth and the beautiful thing about hiring in small business is also it's about you and it's about your growth and it's about being able to scale your team and serve more clients but it's also about the incredible opportunities that you can offer other people who are not maybe a fit for that corporate world as well. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's like, that, that, you know, leads into one of my questions shortly around like, what are the benefits? You know, I think that sometimes when small business owners go to recruit, they sometimes think like, why would anyone want to work for me? You know, like, like, but actually, and we'll dive into the differences in, in a second. But tell me about when small businesses are getting started, like I know that you got started in this business and you knew that you were going to recruit, you built this business to hire, to have a team, to scale, right? Where a lot of business owners I think go wrong is they do start these kind of small businesses and not really think they're going to go anywhere. And then they end up wearing all of the hats, getting really overwhelmed, burning out all the things. How can business owners start their businesses with a plan to scale? What was your what was your plan? What was your tactic for that? Yeah, I, I love this question. So I think there's a real importance in having a business strategy as a whole, working with business coaches, but building out a business plan. And sort of looking at the end goal. Now, you're not signing a contract in blood. (laughs) Your end goal doesn't have to stay the same forever. But I use the example all the time of, let's say you're this fabulous chef and you're the next Jamie Oliver or Delia Smith over the English chef, sorry. (laughs) Um, But you're the next big deal in chefing and you've worked in amazing restaurants. But you're like, you know what? I want to go and I want to open a 50-seat restaurant. The reason I use that example is because everyone can picture what a 50-seat restaurant looks like, right? Like you walk in the door, hopefully there's a bar to one side of the restaurant with bar staff and they're making cocktails. You go in, there's a hostess. You can see this beautiful restaurant. You've got wait staff waiting the table. And then you look over to the open plan kitchen and you can see the chefs in there and the dishwasher. And you totally get what it looks like to run a 50-seat restaurant. Everyone can think about that, right? Hopefully everyone's been to a nice restaurant (laughs) in your audience. And then if you dial that back, you're the chef. Like, what is the first step you take to get there? I mean, maybe you start off smaller with a van and it's just you. But really, if you want, if your goal is to get that 50-seat restaurant, what steps are you making towards that? Yeah. You know, and that's fine too. I think women go into it with the opposite approach where they're like, I just want to do this little business for myself. And then it takes off. It's really challenging yourself to really think about what it is you want. Like, how do you want to spend your time as a leader? What impact do you want to make on the world? And what does that look like? And then working back from that angle. Yeah, I love that. And like, that's how I started my businesses. (laughs) You know, I just, I guess I'll just start this thing and see where it goes. And I think that it's interesting that you say it because you're right. We do tell ourselves that we just want to see where it goes and kind of start it off. But deep down, we want it to be a massive freaking success. That's why we started it in the first place, right? Like deep down, I always was like, oh my God, I'd love a million dollar business. I just didn't think that I'd actually get it. And so I didn't allow myself to plan for it initially. But I think that there is a lot to be said for realizing that you have demand, realizing that you're growing quite quickly and then putting the plan in place. (laughs) Okay. So I actually have decided now this is growing. This is going to go somewhere. I do want the 50 seat restaurant. So what are my next steps at this point? Mm, And not being scared of that, you know, definitely a lot of the forming, storming, norming phase of business, you know, and you know this with me, right? When I initially started speaking to you, I mean, I'd always worked in recruitment. I'd always worked in hiring and I'm so passionate about it, but there's two sides of that coin. So there's one that is helping businesses find people. And then the other is helping individuals find jobs. And I actually spoke to you initially about maybe more of that resume writing, career process. And, but I, I mean, that's not going to work. I still love that, but it's, you're forming and storming that business. So you, maybe you do need to stand on your own or stand with a business partner initially, but don't be afraid to have the big vision and then make steps that work towards it. And also one of the biggest mistakes I probably see is people hire these like really quirky skill sets that 
are not replaceable. So if you look at businesses and teams and established businesses, they have organizational structures, they create positions, they don't create Pam and give her a job. So I think it's about how can that business be sustainable and go back to that restaurant example. Maybe if you're like really into chefing, but you're not into being a waitress or running a restaurant, you need to find someone with the opposite skill set to you. Mm. You need to find someone that bridges your weaknesses, bridges your gaps, does things that you that you don't love that they love. Yes. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And, and you will know it. What we see mostly in small business owners is women trying to hire another them, which is flawed for so many reasons. The reason that you just gave, which is the fact that no one's working on the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And the second reason it's flawed is because I don't like taking direction from other people. So hiring another combative me that would challenge me a lot would be a problem in my business. So hiring for your weaknesses, hiring for like, you know, a lot of the women that I hire, we just have very different personality types. And that's amazing because it brings so much robustness to the team. It brings so many different perspectives. It, it brings a depth of understanding and knowledge when we come together as a team and make decisions as a team, which we do because it's definitely a not, a, not a top-down leadership, is really having those perspectives and opinions from other people. If I just surround myself with people who are just like me, we're never going to see our blind spots. Mm, and I think it's something that I, I coach women on who want to hire is what do you want to do like it's tough being a business owner like you need to spend your time living your purpose and your values and I tell you what my purpose and values is not fiddling about with tech it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> bookkeeping yeah, it's definitely assessing you know where you want your business to go and what gap but I have amazing people around me where I go this is my problem help me find a solution like this is where I want to go I know that I'm about to bring on more team net members. I need my processes to be more streamlined. Like, And I then speak to experts who get me there. And I have team who help me with those problems because I want to be the leader in my business, the, the strategist, the visionary. I don't want to do all the things. It doesn't make me mm. happy and it doesn't best serve my clients. No, correct. Because we want you doing the thing you've been born to do, which is to help us find the best people for our businesses, right? Mm. So, Let's dive into how is recruiting for a small business different from recruiting for a global company? Because you've done both. Like you've recruited for big, big name businesses in the past mm-hmm. and, and even today's day. A little small business owner that might be looking for their first employee or, or even their second employee. How is that, if at all, recruitment process different? So I think the most important thing to think about in recruitment is attraction right? So you are attracting talent. You hear a lot of buzzwords in recruitment, but we do talk about talent. So you want to attract the best into your business. So the main differences I see in big business and small business is big businesses have spent millions of dollars figuring this out. (laughs) So they spent millions of dollars of building a active and a passive attraction strategy, right? So I used to work for one of the biggest banks in Australia and at any one time they would have 2000 plus jobs open. They're always attracting talent and there's certain certain skill sets that they need all the time. So they're working on these huge drives as to how they're going to be the most attractive company to work for for that skill set. So if we look at that in terms of small business, Yes, for some businesses, they're only ever going to recruit a couple of roles a year and that's totally fine. But it is having a clear attraction process and strategy. So an active one in terms of what's that process going to look like for you? How are you going to go after it? And writing heck yes, attractive adverts and creating attractive jobs. 
there is a lot of appealing things about working about small business. I think women are intimidated that they are competing, I say in air quotes, with the big players. But if you look at today's market and what people want, the top things are, you know, working remotely, it's working flexibly, being adaptable, having autonomy in their roles. And guess what? As a small business owner, you're the decision maker. So you can make the most attractive roles that hit all of those wants and needs in the talent out there and attract Mm. the best. You've just got to make sure that your brand and your advert screams it. And I've done so much correction or improvement and uplifting of job adverts. And it is literally like that sucker punch the face of like, we support you in having this flexibility and having this adaptability, autonomy. You can't maybe necessarily give them all the things that are the most attractive, hottest things in the market right now. But what do people with that skill set want? And what could big big business not offer them? Mm. The other thing I see that is different about small business, which is a massive plus, is speed to market. So if you think in your big businesses like government, financial services, oil or gas, mining, there is a massive approval chain to hire a role. You've got to get Bob in HR to sign off. You've got to get Sally in finance. You've got to get Jan, who's your line manager, You've got to do all this rigmarole to get your finances, to get the job signed off. Then you've got to go and deal with some big bureaucratic recruitment process, advertise the role, do all the interviews. And then quite often you've got to do a whole series of criminal history checks and background checks. And you don't have to do any of that shit. You're the decision maker. You're the approval, right? So you can literally meet someone and offer them the job. There's not all of those slow chains. So I think it's very important for small business owners to think about what is attractive what they can do in their process that makes this a recruitment experience an absolute heck yes for people interviewing with them. And then it's incredibly attractive to people looking for those jobs. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I've attracted some insane talent to my own business. Um, Mm. And people who I just even were sitting on interviews with and just feeling like such an imposter, like, oh my God, I cannot believe this person wants to work in my business. Like, are you, is this person insane? Like, and salaries I couldn't match, nowhere even near match. But because our job adverts spoke to something that they deeply desired, which yes, we have flexible working arrangements. Yes, we have all those things, but that wasn't even the thing. The thing that attracted people to want to work in our business was our mission. Oh, it was getting yeah. behind something. It was having a taking a stance on something. It's like we want to help ten thousand women women to quit their day jobs and do something they love every single day. And you are going to have an opportunity to be part of a change that we are making in society and a global phenomenon that is going to change not only the way that women right now see the world, but the way that we raise our children to see the world as well. Mm. Whatever. I'll take whatever pain like, <laughs> you're throwing at me. I just want to be part of that movement. Yeah. And so it's not just, yeah, like the flexible stuff and like 100% you can offer that stuff. Like that is so, and it's so important, but especially small business owners. Like Mm -hmm. if you're jumping onto, and I'm Chrissy, I'm sure you will see this all the time. If you're jumping onto Seek and you're just getting someone else's job out and then putting your own name in it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. You are just doing yourself a disservice. Like sit down, create a mission that you get freaking inspired by and then make that the pinnacle of what makes you stand out and makes you different. I I completely agree. And it's something I talk about a lot on my podcast is it's hit him in the feels. Like, I tell you what, I get the pleasure of writing the job adverts and then I get to speak to all of the applicants and they get, that's my job. Like, I want it so much. I want to be a part of that. Like, I'm going to make the 
a difference in all these people's lives. I got some beautiful clients at the moment who are, I believe, like really changing their communities. They've had these beautiful, some of them had these incredible COVID success stories, or they're doing these heart-centered, powerful jobs that literally make a difference in so many people's lives. And the people they're hiring, they're so close to the business owner they get to influence and they get to grow with the business. And it's so incredibly exciting. And that's 100% one of the things that I think has attracted a lot of great people into my business and probably into yours as well. And and guys, if you're listening and and you're thinking about recruiting, please like listen up because one of the biggest things that I've heard about working with us is that people want to be actually the work they do. They want to know that it's going to make a change, that it's going to drive something forward. I think when you work in a big bureaucratic business like mining, the thing that you're plugging away on that day, is it even making a difference? Is it even going to change anything? Does anyone like, even find out about it? You're such a little cog in such a big machine. And to get anyone to hear your voice, you've got to go through like layers and layers of approvals. And you can't make change. You, you can't make change. You to Gina Reinhardt and be like, hey, Gina. I was <laughs> thinking that maybe we should try this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like a small business owner, you get to come in and you can shake shit up. Like mm. you can really make some profound change. You can really help and be a part of a growing business and drive something forward. And if we haven't, already written your job descriptions for you in this podcast, (laughs) you're missing the point. You need to go back and re-listen because we've just given you 10 reasons why someone would want to work for you over working for a big corporation. 100%. And I think it, you know, the business owners, the culture, right? So what's really interesting with job adverts I love talking about, and I've had people come and say to me, do I need a copywriter to help me write my job advert? And I'm like, hell no, you need to understand your brand, your elevator pitch, Invest your copywriter in that. (laughs) Get your copywriter to get your website on point and then create adverts that talk to that mission, talk to what you're about, have that about section that you can pull from that amazing content from that professional, but understand it. And then all of the about you, you know, about the applicant and all of the, what is it like working for us? That needs to be a heck. Yes, it's a sell. And I talk all the time about this and I will, I love talking about job adverts, but job adverts are the trailer to your movie, right? So if I'm at the cinema and I'm going to go and see that new Julia Roberts, George Clooney flick because I love a rom-com and then some like awesome trailer pops on with like a younger heart of Brad Pitt and Anne Hathaway and they're having like a bit of a roll in the hay and it's a bit steamy. Like if they show the best bits and it looks really fun and it's got a snappy title and it's talking to my heart, like why would I not at least go and look on the extended trailer, probably buy a ticket and probably go and see the film because they've targeted it at that skill set with those desirable qualities that are needed in the market. It's it's really thinking, you know, I think there is some confusion around job descriptions and job adverts. Your job advert is an advert. (laughs) It needs to be super attractive. So you are writing that, and we go back to that attraction, with the applicant in mind. Like, who do you want to attract Mm. to your business? How are you talking to them? And what are you doing for them? Because I tell you what, I see this on people's websites all the time and on job adverts. It can't just be a list of all the tasks that you need. It's got to be It's creating an amazing position that someone who is amazing wants to do, or they'll go and find another amazing position. And particularly in this job market where we're around 3.4% unemployment, which is a record low of, I think, around six years, run off, run off. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I love what you've just said about the fact that it is an advert. And guys, in case you forgot what that word means, that means advertising. That means marketing. 
That means sales. That means convincing somebody of something that they think that they need and are willing to purchase. So if you are writing a job advert, you are advertising all of the best features of your company, all of the reasons why somebody should want to work with you, all the reasons that you're going to help them change their lives, that they're going to help you change lives, and that you're all working together to create something absolutely magical. And if you're going in, like you said, Chrissy, I think this is the lead in. I'm sure this is probably the number one thing that I was, my next question is the number one thing that you see business owners make. And I think you're right. They write a laundry list of what they want and then feel like they're entitled to get the best applicants. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 no. In an unemployment rate of 3.4%, which is like you said, a record low, mm. you've got to be convincing people that this is a 110% thing that they want to do. Well, like, can you imagine writing on your dating profile? Hi, I really want a guy who's going to like wash the dishes. <laughs> like, I really want a guy who's going to wash the dishes, pull his bed tray every day. And I also want him to be an expert putting Ikea furniture together. Like, that's all the stuff that you want, right? But what does he want? He might, it needs to be an energetic match. Totally. Like, they're looking totally. for something. You're looking for something. It's an advert. You're selling the job. Yes. Of course, and particularly with more professional skill sets, there are going to be specific things that you need and that's fine. But your advert should be balanced to being a heck yes for that person to hook them in. And then your recruitment process or your screening and your interview process, that's where you dive deep and you set more realistic expectations of the job. But you in this market, you need to be attracting more people. This is not a market where we're putting blockers in. So I think there is a little bit of this mindset in hiring that you're trying to like call out the bad applicants, not in this market. That's not what you want. You want more people and then you do a robust hiring process where you find the best of the people who have applied. Now in the market, Steph and I started working in Wolf of Wall Street. It was like, oh my God, call these people down because you, I was getting, I was recruiting office support and you think you were recruiting accounting support and we'd be getting 200 people applying to the job. A lot of them would be completely irrelevant and you needed to cut them down. Yeah, totally. That's not this market, 100%. And guys, if you're struggling with recruitment, I have this really epic chick that I know, by the way, and her name is Chrissy. And she has this really (laughs) cool course that you can buy that talks you through exactly how to do this and gives you all of the templates from job description adverts all the way through to, you know, this robust hiring strategy that she's talking about. So check out Hiring Advantage. And I think it's called the Hiring Playbook. Is that right? It is called the Hiring Playbook. We've tested it. It got great reviews, but I think it's just... It's, it's one of the things you've got to do in your business, right? If you're going to hire and scale a team, you're going to have to systemize and put in a process. Totally. And that is a lot when it's something you've never done before. Yeah. And I think it's like the reason that you need that system, that process is not because we're telling you. <laughs> it's because when that person leaves, which guys, that happens because this is real life. And, you know, you want people to stay with you. We, we, we talk about them in our business. We call them lifers. But we have a couple of lifers. But we know that the reality is that everybody at some point is going to leave. And sometimes people can leave pretty abruptly. And sometimes you can find yourself maybe in the middle of a big fat launch or in the middle of a huge growth spurt in your business. And all of a sudden you find yourself hiring again. And if you don't have a process in place, that's a really exhausting thing to add to your plate that's going to burn you the heck out. So having that process in place is so important. Chrissy, what is the number one mistake that you see small business owners make when hiring? I feel like we've covered off a few already. So yeah, I think it's not thinking about the attraction strategy. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I would say it's so... um all-consuming owning a business, and I get that. 
I can give you a really good example, actually. It's not thinking about attraction. And I had a client who sat and did an interview and they literally talked about like their business strategy at the applicant for an hour. And I was like, what? Why did you do that? Like I gave you instructions on how to interview. We talked through it. But they were so passionate about their business that they talked all about themselves and all the things they wanted, all the things they needed and where the business was going in X amount of time. They weren't thinking about that applicant. And also, guys, think about your applicant in this recruitment process like a human who's probably needs to find a new job. They might be quite stressed about it. They've probably put loads of time into their resume. They've gone, they've looked through a ton of job boards or you know, trawled through Facebook, they've applied to your job, they've gone through this process, and then you sit down at interview and they're nervous. Like you want to match the effort level that this person's put in for you. Because at the end of this process, you're gonna be their boss, right? So it's Mm. what is attractive to them, treating them like the amazing person they are. And it's also attraction and brand. I'm really bad at answering questions with one word answers and so (laughs) here's the five things that I say wrong (laughs) (laughs) exactly but say attraction and brand it's okay it's attraction because it's how is your brand attractive to that person you have to be attracting people in everyone puts so much work into how can I attract the ideal client it's a very similar strategy but the wants and needs are quite different so I talk about hiring. I speak about this a lot on my podcast previously and I know obviously you as a client hear me talk about this all the time Hiring, great, not good. For those of you who haven't listened to any of my podcasts before, this might be your first one. Hello, welcome. Or if you're not in my program, which you probably should be, FYI. Mm -hmm. But hiring, great, not good means we don't want to hire people who are, yeah, she's pretty good. You know, there's a few things that, you know, I would, uh, like we want to hire the A players. We want to bring people into our teams that, like I said before, when you're sitting on an interview with them, you're like, fuck, I don't know if this person's too good for my team. Like that's the feeling you want to have when you're hiring great. You want people who are bringing skills, especially as a small business owner, especially as a small business owner who is prepared to scale. So if you are preparing to scale, and when I mean scale, I don't mean like hiring one person. I mean like you have a plan to take you the whole way, right? You want to scale the whole way. You want big business. You want empire building. Empire. You want, <laughs> yes. You want to change the world with your business, right? If you are planning on, on big empire scale and scale can happen very fast, mm. You need to have people in the team that you don't need to manage. You need to have people in the team, and of course, everyone needs management, but you need to have people in the team that bring all of their genius to the table in areas that you don't even understand to be able to add this whole new element to your business. Like, for example, one of the areas that we focus on in our business is retention. We, of course, want to retain clients who are freaking great and stop them from getting shiny object syndrome and going off to other programs and courses only eventually to come back to us mm. in the end anyway. We want to stop that process. So we want to be able to retain only the good clients, only the clients that are actually doing the work and getting the results, right? Retention is never something that I've ever, ever, I've never done anything in retention in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so we hired somebody who could coach in our business 100%, a very skilled person who had multiple skills in her own business, but she also had a background for the last 10 years in retention through another big corporate company. And so it's about bringing people. We had no idea. She created our end-to-end retention process for us and then trained us on it because we didn't know how to do it. And so it's about hiring great A players and paying them probably more Then hiring three or four B players that you end up, I call it hiring arms and legs. So it's like having all those people that you now need to control because they have no brain necessarily to be able to control themselves, right? So when we talk about hiring great, not good, Chrissy, what's one way a small business owner can find great stuff? So we talked about attracting. So yes, attracting. Mm -hmm. But what's that next level? When you talk about that hiring strategy, that robust hiring strategy, how do you find great amongst all of the average and good? 
So the two words that I was going to say, you've taken them off of me, cheers, Steph, were, <laughs> were attraction and strategy, right? So I believe they're the two big things. And I can give you a really good example that, that I steal from corporate 100%. So my last big role I did in corporate, well, I was something called a resource manager. And I, I basically worked on one of the biggest project areas in a bank. And we had the end goal. So we had the end goal of you must deliver this result, this project. And then I was with the very senior person in the bank that I was working with, was given millions of dollars to deliver that end result. And 80% of that spend was on people. Mm. So the people to go away, to do the work, to deliver the result that they needed to do, right? So my point is, it's about being strategic. So working towards your goal, but being really systematic of that strategy. So to bring that project element into it, it's financials, it's forecasting, it's knowing your numbers, it's knowing, and Steph, I know you talk about this in PMP all the time, but it's what do you need to deliver your solution to your clients? Like when is it one person? When is it two people? When do you want to scale? When do you want to offer more services? Mm. And then it's about being strategic and planning that time. So you've got a few elements of push and pull at play, but you need to know what is coming into your business, what's going out of your business. Think about your individual that you need to hire to move towards your 50C restaurant. Is it a person who's going to make you money or is it going to take money from you, but give you more time to make money? Because they're the only two people you should be hiring into your business. Yes. Someone who gives you time back or someone that you can use to bring more money into your business. And if they give you time back, then you should be using that time if you're in growth to serve more clients. We use that time to streamline your business and chop away all the unnecessary to make more profit into your business and serve more. Yeah. And so for anyone who has a team right now, if you're listening to this and you have a lot of what we would call arms and legs, a lot of people just, you're delegating tasks to and they're doing the tasks. You've got to ask yourself, are these people giving you time back or are you still spending all of your time managing them? And if you're not getting your time back from these people who are doing all these like day-to-day delegation of tasks, then is this really the right investment for your business right now? Because if it's not able to give you time back to make you money, you either need to hire somebody that can give you the time back to help you make money so that you can focus on the business growth activities, or you need to hire somebody who can actually come in like a marketing expert or Chrissy, I know that you're going to be very shortly hiring someone to help you out with some marketing and Facebook ads and things like Mm -hmm. that. Like that person's going to help you make money. They're going to bring their expertise into your business. They're going to help you make money. And so that's then worthwhile investment. So Chrissy, I know we've spoken a lot about recruitment today. I do want people to understand the robust hiring strategy that you give in the hiring playbook. Mm -hmm. And the reason I want to go through that is because I think that not because I don't get a cut of Chrissy sales. I just want to be very clear. (laughs) It's nothing like that. It's just because what I've seen you do is, and I, you know, I'm very, very particular about who we get on this podcast and making sure we only ever have experts that are on this podcast. And the reason I brought you on is because your approach to hiring and recruitment for small businesses is nothing like I've ever seen. It is so much better than anything on the market. And so I would love to know what are the kind of five steps, I guess, to your hiring process that you give away in your playbook that allows people to be able to make those hiring decisions on their own without needing to hire a recruiter into their business? Yeah, 100%. The big part of the front end of the hiring playbook is really around that strategy. So we break it down into a few different elements. So it is your long-term strategy. So where you want to get to, where you are now and how to bridge that gap. 
It is your forecasting. So understanding your money and how to make a plan and how to protect yourself. So all the steps that you need to build so that you can be really ready. And then it's looking at your role. Because I'm telling you what, if you're not working towards a goal, that you, a role, <laughs> if your goal is not working towards a role that you want to do, you're going to burn out at some point. You're going to give up or you're going to just get stuck at a phase. You're not going to be able to level up. So it's that element. And then it's really breaking down a per role strategy. So all the steps that you have to hit along your recruitment process, but it's done for you. And I did some research on time to hire. And if you're doing all of this from scratch per role, you're looking like a 40 hour investment of your time. They worked out. So it's digging through the money stuff. It's understanding the job description, writing the job description, writing the advert, posting the ads, speaking to the applicant, interviewing the applicant. It's really time consuming. And this is literally, you're putting your advert up, put these time blocks in your diary, use this Mm. template, like just go so that you can just sit down and interview like an absolute boss without worrying about all the nitty gritty. Yeah. And we see it all the time. And Chrissy sees it all the time as well. Like we work with thousands of business owners, you know, in Purpose and Profit Mastermind over the last couple of years. And you know, we see it all the time. People being like, oh my God, I don't know what, like, I've got an interview tomorrow with a, with a potential candidate and I, I don't know what to ask. What should I be asking? And it's all of those things. It's like, if you want to hire great, not good, if you want to bring people into business, they're going to make you money or give you the time back so that you can make money. If you want to be bringing A players into your team, then you need to have a strategy in place that is going to allow you to be able to attract, filter for, and find. And then not only that, I know that you're yours also goes slightly into onboarding as well, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And so it's about making sure that they actually feel so welcome, especially if you're high and great, making sure they feel so welcome and so supported in the actual onboarding of, of your team members. So guys, I cannot recommend it enough. Chrissy, it is such an incredible resource and I'm so, so grateful for you for sharing that resource with the girls who are in our mastermind as well um, and the high roles level of our mastermind. So you've had huge success in your business over the last it's been like 12 months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we've got a relationship and I am a client and I gave birth to my second child. And I'm like, I'm super woman. I can take on the world. And also I had a really good baby and it was in lockdown. I was like, I'm going to start a business. Why not? <laughs> it's not, it's not normal guys. Absolutely not normal at all. <laughs> but I had been stalking stuff since we knew each other and watched I go on this incredible journey. And I had spoken to some of the business coaches and it didn't gel. So I would say a massive piece of success is you guys. I think I really, I got in there early with like a few ideas and I literally built with the guidance of Steph and her incredible coaches. I built a business from the ground up. Like I knew, I know hiring, I know recruitment, I know business. I then did a ton of research on small business and absorbed myself completely in the small business community to understand their woes and ask lots and lots of questions. But I think it's really for me, it was getting my foundations right. Like I am a strategic person. For me, I couldn't just like flail about and then inbuilt all the strategy later. It doesn't sit right with me. It's not who I am. So I am strategic and you have been there and done that. So there's so much to leverage from and so many lessons learned. And like, I didn't even know what a lead magnet was. (laughs) I didn't know what a lead magnet was. I had no clue what I was doing with the website. And so I just came with the idea of a business and PMP helped me with the rest. 
Yeah. And now you've got a multi six figure business with team members and mm. you are just killing it. You're a mum of two. You're incredible. Like, and yes, we give you the strategy and we give everyone the strategy and we give everyone the same strategy, not the same strategy because obviously it's individualized to your business, but we give everyone the same tools, same resources, the same strategies. But the reality is, Chrissy, that you've taken massive action. You're a doer. And that is what's going to set anybody apart, not just in my program, but in any group coaching program, in any program, any one-to-one coaching, anyone who's looking to grow and wants to grow fast. Everybody wants to be in the airplane. Everybody wants to get results and they want to get them fast. And I'm telling you right now that the only way that you are going to do that is by being a massive action taker, moving out of fear every single time and taking massive action. And Chrissy, you have done that tenfold and deserve all the success that you have created. So to wrap this up, Chrissy, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to a small business owner that's looking to scale their team in 2023? Work on an attraction strategy. So build a hiring strategy with a huge focus on attraction. Yeah. So guys, if you didn't, the word of the podcast was attraction. <laughs> yeah, I'm attraction sorry. on strategy too. <laughs> I don't know how many, I like. I think that if we did a, a transcript of this, it'd be like attraction, 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 attraction. Like, that, that's how important it is though. That's <laughs> how important it is. Guys, if you loved today's podcast, please, please, please take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Chrissy from Hiring Advantage. We would love to know what your biggest takeaways are. If you know that you're going to be recruiting in 2023 and you know that you need some support in getting all of this stuff that we've discussed right, please check out Chrissy's Hiring Playbook. It is so, so good. It's probably one of the best resources I've ever seen. It's so good that I've actually bought it and given it to my high rollers clients because I'm like, all of my clients need this resource. I'm not going to sit here and make all this content when I know that the expert has made it all for us. So you have to check it out. It's so incredible. Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and guys, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Babe, thank you for tuning into today's episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with me. If you want more, head to the show notes below to check out our latest free resources, along with the exclusive link for podcast listeners to book in a free 15-minute strategy session to find out how you can boom your biz.